This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Eleanor Bennett, here with your local news today. As the town of Carbondale figures out how to respond to more than 100 new arrivals in the community, mostly from Venezuela, it's asking other government bodies in the valley for assistance. Caroline Yanez has more. The town asked Picking County, among other entities, for $50,000 in assistance, help organizing up valley shelters, and participation in ongoing discussions about long-term support plans. Picking County's Director of Human Services, Lindsay Mache, says the county is already talking with local faith communities about setting up shelter space. As far as staffing those shelters go, she says they're working closely with nonprofits to determine what services might be needed, like attorneys to help with work permits or a pathway to citizenship. But if there are more needs, like some of the requests that we have gotten are for like pregnant mommies or, you know, where there's just more needs, they're more vulnerable, then that's going to be a different level of case management. She says she's been talking with officials in Denver, which has also seen a recent uptick in new arrivals from Venezuela. The county is also working with Carbondale and Colorado's Department of Local Affairs to secure funding for their efforts. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. Governor Jared Polis and eight other governors are calling on the federal government to address the increasing number of migrants arriving from the U.S.-Mexico border. They sent a letter to Congress and the Biden administration this week urging them to, quote, put political differences aside and get to work on comprehensive immigration reform. They're also asking for more funding for cities and states. Denver Mayor Mike Johnston also traveled to D.C. last week to make his case. He's leading a coalition of mayors across the country calling for federal action on the migrant crisis. The Aspen School District and Picking County's Public Safety Council want teens and parents to know about the dangers of social media, specifically the threats of financial and sexual exploitation. Hallie Zander has more. According to local law enforcement officers, teens in the Roaring Fork Valley have been exploited and have been victims of online fraud and financial sextortion. That's when an offender obtains explicit content from a victim and then demands money to prevent them from sharing the content with the victim's family and friends. The Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force program reports a significant increase in cases of financial sextortion since the spring of 2022 in the U.S. Aspen's school resource officers, Deputy Cameron Daniels and Aspen police officer Elise Vollmer, recently held a forum with Aspen middle school students about being digitally responsible. They also recommend parents and guardians learn more about the social media platforms their children use so they can help their kids engage safely online. For Aspen Public Radio News, I'm Hallie Zander. The Garfield 16 School District, which includes schools in Parachute and Battlement Mesa, has an opening on its school board. Lindsay Latham was appointed in November and resigned a month later in December due to personal reasons. The district will be accepting applications for interested board members until Friday, February 9th. The appointed candidate will serve on the board until the next board election takes place in November of 2025. To be eligible, candidates must be a registered voter in the school district for at least 12 consecutive months before they're appointed. The board will interview prospective candidates on Tuesday, February 20th at a public meeting. 
The Roaring Fork School District has added an executive session to its board meeting tonight. The session is closed to the public and will include a discussion on the potential purchase or lease of a home for superintendent housing. That's after the district held several community meetings last spring and recommended a home purchase for the superintendent. Board members will also discuss a proposed academic calendar for next school year during tonight's executive session, as well as during the regular meeting. Enrollment in the Roaring Fork schools varied this year compared to last year, with some schools adding students and some class numbers dipping. Roaring Fork High and Sopris Elementary saw the biggest increases, both adding between 20 and 30 kids to their student bodies, which is a roughly 7% increase. But Bridges High School lost about 15 students, and with a total population last year of 91 kids, that's a pretty significant drop. Despite all the ups and downs, the overall district population remained roughly the same, with a little over 5,000 students. State funding for most school districts is based on the number of students enrolled. Colorado's first avalanche fatality of the season occurred Monday. A backcountry snowboarder was caught and killed in an avalanche in the Waterfall Creek area near the town of Ophir in southwest Colorado. Friends reported the snowboarder overdue and followed his tracks that night but were unable to find him. Search and rescue teams reached the accident site and recovered his body yesterday morning. Officials with the Colorado Avalanche Information Center were on scene yesterday and will issue a final report next week. According to the Colorado Sun, the local sheriff's office confirmed the snowboarder's identity as Dr. Peter Harrelson. Harrelson was 67 years old and was a longtime resident of Ophir. Federal, state, and local agencies and conservation organizations are holding an information session next week on the health of Lincoln Creek. The session follows an EPA report released in November that showed increasing concentrations of metals in the creek. The event will take place Thursday, February 1st at 6 p.m. at the Rocky Mountain Institute in Basalt. You can RSVP on Picking County's website. And in local arts and culture news, tickets for the Green is the New Black fashion show in Carbondale went on sale this morning at 10 a.m. The website was briefly down when it first opened, but it's back up now. The annual fashion show is organized by Carbondale Arts and features local and regional talent, including designers, models, and performers. This year's show takes place at the Carbondale Rec Center March 7th through the 9th. The event usually sells out pretty quickly each year with over 600 tickets sold each night. The 45th annual Valley Visual Art Show is now open at the Carbondale Arts Gallery inside the launch pad. The show features art by many longtime creatives in the Valley, including Michael Kinsley, Brian Colley, and Stacey Dickerson. It will be up through February 22nd. And at the Wheeler Opera House in Aspen tonight, hip-hop artist Sean Booth will present his unauthorized biography. The series celebrates historic figures like Serena Williams, Bob Marley, and Martin Luther King Jr. through biographical rap songs and photos and videos. Tonight's show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets are available through the Wheeler Box Office and AspenShowTix.com. In statewide news, backers of a ballot initiative to enshrine the right to abortion into the Colorado Constitution have formally launched their campaign to gather signatures. CPR's Ben to Berkland has more. The proposal would ask voters to get rid of Colorado's ban on any public funding for abortions. 
and allow public employees to get coverage for the procedure through their health insurance. Nicole Hensel heads New Era Colorado, a nonprofit that seeks to turn out the youth vote. She says this initiative resonates with those voters. If you have a young person in your life, you know that autonomy is really important to them, being able to make their own decisions, being able to have control over their futures. Supporters still need to gather more than 120,000 signatures from across the state to put the measure on the ballot. As a constitutional amendment, it will need 55% of the vote to pass. I'm Benta Berkland, CPR News. Colorado Parks and Wildlife says up to 15 more gray wolves could be reintroduced to the western slope next winter. But as KSJD's Chris Clemens reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, it's a move that concerns the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe in southwest Colorado. CPW reached an agreement with the Confederated Tribes of the Colville Reservation to collect the wolves on the tribe's land in eastern Washington. Ten wolves from Oregon were released in Colorado last month, the first batch under the state's reintroduction plan. However, the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe says they were never properly consulted about the decision to reintroduce wolves to the state or the potential impacts it could have on the sovereign nation. Manuel Hart is chairman of the tribe and says he's worried about the depredation of already dwindling herds of cattle and horses. Hart says tribal members routinely bring their herds to the tribe's land in Gunnison County, like the 20,000-acre Pinecrest Ranch, which is near to where the next batch of wolves is likely to be released. The state of Colorado failed to notify both the Ute Mountain Ute and Southern Ute Indian tribe. So when they went through that initiative of the public voting on that from the state of Colorado citizens, then we were not included in that process. The Colorado plan calls for releasing 30 to 50 wolves on the western slope in the next three to five years. For KSJD, I'm Chris Clements. The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.